Man, so while the guys are, uh, while the offering is being taken up, um, I have been in this sermon series called All About Jesus. And this All About Jesus sermon series is exactly that. It's everything to do with Jesus. Um, I, I believe that sometimes, many times, we don't uh, say the name Jesus enough. If you say Jesus in a conversation, people know right then and there. All right, not only do they go to church that... Uh, you know, that believes in Jesus, but they walk that and they, um, and they include the name of Jesus in their conversations. And I'd, I'd encourage you to try. Try using the name of Jesus in a, in a powerful way in your, in your conversation. Uh, stop at work. Stop at school. Stop on the, on the uh, ball field and pray with someone who needs prayer. Don't just say, hey, I'll pray for you and walk away. Stop right then and there around the coffee uh, bar, around the, the water cooler, around uh, the flagpole. All right? Talk and pray with people and say, in Jesus' name, because there's power in the name of Jesus. In the first week, we, uh, we talked about Jesus the human and how it's so easy for us to not think that Jesus understands us because it's like, okay, he's God. He was only here for, you know, 33 years, and it was a long time ago. There are different temptations now than were when he was here. I mean, how could Jesus comprehend? How can Jesus understand? Well, Jesus was human. Jesus had to fight a lot of the same temptations that we fight. He, he, he understands your relationship issues. He had a family he had to deal with. He had a mom and dad he had to obey. He had brothers and sisters to kind of get along with. Uh, he, had, um, he understands work. He was a hard worker. He owned his own business. He understands the pressures of that. He understands pain, emotional pain, physical pain, obviously on the cross. So whatever kind of pain you're in, Jesus has been there. He was despised. He was rejected. He was considered illegitimate child. He was from the wrong side of the tracks. Jesus understands you. Jesus understands us. So he was human. Last week we talked about Jesus the teacher and how what an incredible teacher he was and how he, he brought a sense of of, of authority in his teaching. Not only did he bring authority to teaching, but he brought um, something that was practical, something that people can sink their teeth into, something fresh, telling stories, and something that was really, really simple. And it's all dealt with a heart, not outward actions, but started with a heart. So his teaching was, a, was authoritative, it was practical, and it was also graphic. His teaching was graphic with the, with the stories that he told. Um, I believe that's one reason why the disciples were able to, to, to remember some of those stories and write them down because they were, uh, they were very graphic. And nobody was teaching like that. So Jesus is a teacher. Let me tell you something. Jesus wants to still be your teacher. When you open up God's Word, I know this, the words in this book are very, very old. But... And even though you've read a passage in the Bible many times over, read it with fresh eyes because Jesus wants to be your teacher. He wants to share with you. Read through the red letters of the Bible. I encourage you to do that. His words, and they will speak to you. I promise. So Jesus was a human. Jesus was a great teacher. And then today we're going to focus on Jesus being a great shepherd Jesus being a shepherd. You know, in the Bible, the church is described in, in several different forms. It's described as, as a family. It's described as a, as a fellowship. And the church is also described as a flock, as in sheep. And so we're going to focus on that third description about the church 
and um, how we are a flock, and Jesus is the shepherd. We're going to turn to a few passages in, in God's Word today, and uh, we encourage you to follow along. You can look on the YouVersion Bible app, and we also have it on the screen here behind me. But in Psalm chapter 100, verse 3, it says, Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us. We are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. The sheep of His pasture. It's not your pasture. It's not my pasture. It's not things that you worked hard to build. It, you, as a believer and as a follower of Christ, if you follow Jesus, then He is your great shepherd. And we are sheep. Uh, in John chapter 10, verses uh, 10 through 14, um, it says this. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I, Jesus, have come that they may have good and may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. You know, I love how he describes how a hired hand is someone who just, he's just there for one night or one day or maybe just a few days, maybe filling in. And if the wolf pack comes against the sheep, against the flock, he's going to run away. He's like, man, Okay, I'm just hired here. I'm, I don't really care, care about these sheep. I'm, I'm gone. You may have people in your life that may have stepped in and said, you know, I care about you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to protect you. And they fail you time and time again, and they leave you. And they leave your life. Well, Jesus is not that kind of shepherd. Jesus is not that kind of shepherd. Jesus is one that, look, I'm going to be with you, and I'm going to lead you. We'll talk about more about that in a second. But I'm going to lead you. And I love at the end where he says, my sheep know my voice. My sheep know me. You know, I read somewhere where there was, um, there was a gentleman who traveled to, uh, to Ireland. And, uh, and he had a friend over there who was a shepherd. And so this shepherd had like 1,500 to 2,000 sheep. It's amazing. And so this shepherd, he didn't have any sheep dogs or anything. This shepherd had a way of leading his sheep. And so he walked out to uh, all of his vast fields, and he sort of did this shepherd call. Um, and you can actually look on YouTube and, and see all kinds of different shepherd calls that people, that shepherds come up with. But they keep using that same shepherd call, and those sheep know that call. They know that voice. So he yodels out some sort of call, and all the sheep sort of pop up their heads, and they start coming towards his direction. All 1,500, 2,000 sheep come towards his direction. And then something amazing happened. This guy, the story I was reading, this guy went with his friend, the shepherd, and went to um, a, a couple of miles uh, to another uh, huge meadow. And in this meadow, they met up with about three or four other shepherds who also had a thousand sheep or more. 
And so they just hung out together. All their sheep just kind of intermingled and just, you know, uh, had a sheep party, I guess. And, and so they just uh, were, were grazing there in the meadow. And, um, and so about, you know, a few hours later, one of the shepherds says, okay, I, I need to get, back, get on back. So that one shepherd, he would stand up and he would yodel that sort of call for his sheep. And all of his sheep, just his sheep, would pop up their head and they would come. And they would follow the shepherd. And then a few minutes later, one of the other shepherds would say, you know, I, I need to get on back. And so he would stand up and, and he would yodel out his call. And all, just his sheep, would pop up their heads and they would come and they would follow him home. And until all of them were back in their own place. And it's amazing because none of those sheep got mixed up. Why? They know the voice of the shepherd. They know the voice of the shepherd. Can't we use that in our life? Isn't that amazing? We can use that same, uh, that same example in our life because, because if we know the master's voice, if we know our shepherd's voice when he talks to us, when he speaks to us, we're going to pop up our heads, we're going to look his direction, and we say, okay, Jesus, we believe you're leading us. We believe you're leading us. There have been times in our life we felt like God was, God was speaking to us. Jesus was speaking to our hearts, and we heard the voice of the shepherd. We heard the voice of the shepherd in our hearts, in our soul, in our spirit, and he would tell us, okay, we need you, to, need you to sell your house. We need you to put your house on the market. This is back in Texas before we moved here to Georgia, and, and, and I didn't have a job lined up. It's not like we, were, we, we had a job to go to. We, I was already working at a great church. We felt like God was saying, Look, put your house on the market. So we did. And I've heard many stories uh, from uh, several of you and other people in our, in our community where Jesus would tell you something, and you feel like Jesus is telling you to do something, and you follow. Why? Because you know the shepherd's voice. So just like that passage there in John, um, you, uh, I am the good shepherd, I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. So, as, as you probably understand, sheep are pretty dumb animals. They, they really can't take care of themselves. They really can't. And I can go into lots of more details, but sheep are just dumb, and they need a shepherd. Sometimes, don't you kind of feel like you don't know what you're doing in this life? It's like, man, I, I, don't, I have no idea what I'm doing. I keep, I keep messing up. Or I keep talking to people in the wrong way or keep losing my temper or those kinds of things. And so you, you walk through life and you say, man, I need a shepherd. I need someone to speak into my life. I need Jesus, the great shepherd. And so um, we're going to look at uh, three attributes of the shepherd that Jesus is. And we're going to focus in on Psalm 23, which is a great, great psalm. You, you probably have heard of it before. But um, we're going to look at three attributes of, the, of Jesus, the shepherd. And number one is he provides. He provides. In uh, Psalm chapter 23, uh, we're going to look at verse uh, 1 through 3. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Isn't that great? That, that you can say, I lack nothing. Oh, sure, there's things we want, but we don't really lack anything. I lack nothing. He is my shepherd. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. 
The shepherd, the good shepherd, gives us what we need, not necessarily what we want. And so, um, just like when, um, when, we, when we give to the Lord, we show that. Say, Lord, we trust in you. We trust in you. I trust in you that you're going to provide. So, uh, so the first attribute, again, is uh, the shepherd provides. Now, I love this in verse 2. Let's focus in on the word makes. He makes me lie down. There, and uh, in verse 2, he makes me to lie down. Have you ever felt like God was making you to lie down? I know there have been times in my life I've been just so full of just things in my life, in my calendar, so busy, and that happens quite often. And there are times I believe that God says, all right, you need to rest for a little bit, so I'm going to make you sick. <laughs> and if it's just a little cold, a little flu, all right, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna rest up. You just need to crash. And you need to like, you know, so it's those times where, where I feel like, all right, I, I just need to rest up. Uh, I need to spend some time with the Lord. And so sometimes he, he makes us do this. You know, I, uh, I've heard of people who they have, have, they have lost their job. And in between jobs, even though they didn't have a job, but Jesus knew they had a job lined up. But they would lose their job. And then they would have this, this time of like, what do I do? What do I do? Well, I'm going to make you to lie down. In green pastures. I'm going to make you to do that. And let me tell you, that is a gift from God. That is a gift from God. When you are in those in-between times, when you think all is, uh, all is lost, know this. Jesus may be doing that because he might be making you to lie down in green pastures and to lead you beside quiet waters. You know, it's interesting when, when, uh, when you come to church, this is an opportunity for us uh, as, as sheep uh, to, uh, to do what, what it says right there in, uh, in verse 2. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet water. So you, the green pastures, what you're doing is you're eating up the Word of God here together. As a flock, we're eating up the Word of God. And so he uh, makes me to lie down in green pastures. And he restores, verse 3, he restores my soul. Have you ever felt like your soul needed to be restored? Absolutely. He restores my soul. And then he leads me um, on the path. Um, he guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Do you know that shepherds never drive sheep? Shepherds lead sheep. Shepherds lead the sheep. And so Jesus is not going to be someone who's going to be driving you. He's not a cowboy. He's a shepherd with muscles of a cowboy, right? He's still a man, you know. But he is someone who will lead you, and he will not drive you because he is a good, good shepherd. So the shepherd provides. That's the first attribute. The second attribute is the shepherd protects. We see this in verse 4 and 5. Even though I walk through the uh, darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. The good shepherd protects. He provides and he, um, he protects. You know, many people think, you know, their, their greatest fear in life is death. Their greatest fear in life is death. Some people say, no, my, my greatest fear is, is snakes poisonous snakes. No, 
your greatest fear is being bitten by a snake and dying from the snake bite. You may say, well, my greatest fear is, is heights. No, your greatest fear is not heights. Your greatest fear is falling from that height and dying from falling from that height. And so when you all boils down to it, we are all, we all sort of fear that death. It's, it's human nature. We all fear that death. Well, you know this, Jesus, the good shepherd, conquered death. Does that mean, well, does that mean if we believe in Jesus, we, we're not going to die? Well, we're going to die an earthly death, a body death, but eternal life is what we have after we die if we believe in Jesus Christ. If we accept him as Lord and Savior, he will lead us into that eternal life. So um, he protects. How does he protect? In verse 4, um, he says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil because you are with me. You are with me. Isn't it great to know that Jesus is with you? Isn't it great to know that Jesus is with you? No matter what kind of situation you're in, whether you start a, start a new school or a new job and you're not sure how this is going to work out, maybe you have some relationship issues, Jesus is with you. You have a, 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 a diagnosis from the doctor that's, that's pretty grim. Jesus is with you. Jesus is with you. If you're having issues with, with children, Jesus is is with you. You have situations with your job, lost your job. Jesus is with you in the battle. And what I love about it is um, when he talks about your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know, I used to read that and say, okay, there's nothing comforting about a rod and a staff. There's nothing comforting to me about um, a, someone having a rod or someone uh, having a staff. You know, w whenever I was growing up, um, I, I would spank, I was spanked with a belt, a switch, and I never looked at my parents after a spanking, and I never said, man, your belt comforts me. Your belt comforts me. Some people think your rod and your staff comfort me. Does that mean that Jesus hits us? Does that mean God hits us? No. You know what the rod and staff are for? They're protect you from the wolves. They're to protect you from the wolves. There's lots of wolves in our life. Lots of wolves in our life. The more that we are by the shepherd, the more that you can come close to the shepherd in Bible study and personal quiet time, the more you're there, then the more that you understand that that rod and that staff is for the wolf that's coming around you. And that's what that is for. Jesus doesn't hit you. In fact, God, never, God has never hit anyone except he hit his son on the cross with the sin and the weight of the world. God allowed his own son to be hit, to be whipped. Why? So you wouldn't have to. So you would not have to face the torment of sin and would not have to face the, the, the struggle of death, eternal death. We can live eternally in heaven if we accept Christ as Savior. So he, he, uh, he's with us in our battle. In uh, verse 5, um, he says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. I love that. 
You prepare a table in the, in the presence of my enemy. So imagine, imagine a, a war scene, and you're in this field, and the enemies are all around you. And now imagine Jesus comes out, and he, he gives this long, 20-foot-long banquet table, and he's spreading it out, and it's got the best stuff on it. And then in the middle of this battle, and you're surrounded by 20-foot tall angels all around you, and they are protecting you. And he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share, I'm going to spread out a table before you in the presence of your enemies. In other words, even when it looks like things are going against you, I'm going to spread joy in your life. I'm going to spread peace in your life. I'm going to give comfort in your life. That's what food is. Food is comforting. Ask my teenagers. My teenagers say, I need food to comfort me. They get hangry all the time. All right? So it, it, it comforts them. That's what Jesus does when he spreads out that table. He says, look, in the presence of your enemies, lost your job, people mocking you, people talking about you. No, I'm going to spread. You come by the shepherd. I'm going to spread a table of peace. I'm going to spread a table of comfort to you. I'm going to bring wisdom into your life. I'm going to spread a banquet table. So he blesses us. He blesses us. Even during the battle. In the last part of verse 5, he refreshes us in the battle. He refreshes us. Uh, you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. This effect of oil representing two things in Scripture. It represents refreshing and strength. It represents refreshing and strength. And so this oil, as it's being poured out, it's kind of like oil that they would pour over the kings as they would anoint. Look, I've, you are my child. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to restore you. I'm going to anoint you. I'm going to anoint you. You are my child. Have you ever felt like that even though as a Christian, that God is just not with you, that you just don't have that, that anointing, God, you just don't walk in your life that God, like Jesus is there. He has anointed you with oil, and that's the Holy Spirit. He's rained down that Holy Spirit into your life if you have accepted Christ as Savior, and many of us don't even walk. Uh, many of us walk as if we don't have that Holy Spirit in our life. He has already anointed us. And so walk in that anointment. Walk in that atonement. Walk in that anointing that you are a child of God. And another thing uh, that it does, it refreshes. He refreshes us. Like as if you're, if you, as if you're in a desert. And if you're in that desert and, and, and you don't have much water, but, but you, you come across some water and it just refreshes you. It refreshes you, refreshes your soul, mind, and strength. You know, actually, I have an example uh, from a movie uh, that you guys may have seen before, and here's sort of an example of how water can refresh you.
<laughs> so he says, you want some lip balm? So that's an example of some of you feel like, man, I'm in this desert, and all I have is just a few drops. Or some of you maybe feel like, I'm in this desert, in this part, in this season of my life, and, man, all I get is just dirt. There's no refreshing. But let me tell you something. God, Jesus, the good shepherd, he says, look, I want to refresh you, kind of like the third amigo from the movie Three Amigos, where he's just pouring it out all over him, and he's like, you know, I have more than enough. I have more than enough. It's overflowing. I'm just going to throw it out, and there is overflowing. And so understand this. Jesus, the good shepherd, wants to refresh you. So, and that's the way he protects you. He protects your spirit. He protects your soul. When we're dry in that desert, it's so easy for us to be alone. It's so easy for us to sort of um, have a pity party about, with just ourselves. It's so easy to go down that road. Jesus is saying, look, I want to protect you against those things. I want to refresh you. So the good shepherd provides, the good shepherd um, protects, and the last thing is he promises. He promises. In uh, uh, verse 6, it says, Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, another, uh, another translation says, surely your goodness and your mercy. And uh, another word for surely in that is certainly. Certainly goodness and mercy, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. All of this we could put that he promises. What does he promise? He promises goodness. He promises goodness to our life. He is a good shepherd. As long as we are around him where we can hear his call. We need to hear his call. It's kind of like growing up, um, my brother and I, you know, back in the day when you could just sort of leave your house and be gone for hours and not have to worry about things. And, but, but we were never too far away to hear the call of my mom. My mom had a big mouth, right, big voice. But she could call, and we could hear that, that, um, her call, I think, for miles and so we would not be too far away to hear the voice of our mom say, hey, it's time to come home. Hey, it's dinner time. It's dark. Boys, come on. And she'd yodel out some sort of call. <clears throat> and we would hear that. We may not even understand what she said, but we could hear her voice. Isn't it like God? Isn't it like Jesus? Where he's like, well, I don't know exactly what he's saying. I can't really... I can't really understand that, but I know he's reaching out to me. I know he's calling to me. And so you might need to get more time in prayer or scripture or get other people to pray with you. Say, I need to discern what Jesus, is, my shepherd, is trying to tell me. But I know this. He's yodeling out something. And I need to pop up my head and I need to go his direction. And so Jesus promises goodness in our life. We've got to be near him. He promises love and mercy. You know, goodness and mercy have been chasing you. Goodness and mercy has been chasing you. Some of you are running away from that. Some of you feel like you, you, don't, you don't deserve God's goodness. Some of you feel like you don't deserve God's love. You don't deserve God's mercy. But you do because he's a good shepherd. And so stop running from the goodness and love and mercy of God. 
Allow him to be near you. Allow him to come to you. And, and the other thing he promises is eternal life. Goodness and mercy. Love and eternal life. We have eternal life through Jesus Christ. In 1 uh, John uh, chapter 2, it says this. And this is what he promised us. Eternal life. He promises us eternal life as we accept him as, as Lord and Savior. And in Hebrews chapter 10, uh, here's another uh, promise with that. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. So he who promised, Jesus who promised, is faithful, and he is faithful to give us eternal life as we walk in his love, and as we walk in his mercy, and as we walk into his grace. And as I close this out, you know, I've talked about in the first week about Jesus being a human. Jesus became a human, and, and, and it's really interesting. And I'd never really thought about this before until doing this, this uh, sermon series. This great shepherd, Jesus, became a sheep. He became sheep. He became someone just like you. And let's not forget what happened to that sheep in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 7. It says, he was oppressed and afflicted. Yeah, he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before its shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. On his way to the cross, on his way to the cross, he didn't open, he didn't open his mouth with, with foul language or just like, no, you, you're wrong. He, he did not try to defend himself. In fact, people were trying to get him to talk more. He was silent on the way to the cross. He did not try to defend himself. And then think about it on that day. When Jesus came among us as a lamb walking among us. And I love this passage. It's in Ezekiel. Ezekiel was a prophet. And I, I, and I love this passage and how it talks about how Jesus uh, came. But I love what it says here. Listen carefully. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. You know, when Jesus was on a cross, it was a day filled with clouds and darkness. Darkness covered the face of the earth. It was a day of clouds and darkness, and evil was reigning. And on that day, I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered. So Jesus, when you are in your darkness, when you're in your cloudy day, when things aren't going right, when it feels like you're just being scattered and you don't really feel like you're, you are um, connecting with God, know this, Jesus is there with you. Just like he came on this earth, 
on that cloud and dark, darkness day, he, he was there to bring us all together with his mercy, with his sacrifice. So he wants to teach you. He wants to show you his goodness, his love, his mercy, and he promises eternal life.